<laughs> Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us today for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is uh, Thursday, March 9th, 2023, 33, 23, whatever date it is. And today we are going to begin catechesis through um, actually the Passion readings of St. Matthew. All right. And uh, actually, be parallel to John and Gospel of John. And then eventually, we're actually going to be looking at the Gospel of John and its passion accounts. All right. I'm going to make my screen a little bit bigger here. There we go. So I can see what's going on. I think that's good for now. So let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, there's our memory verse for the week. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119, verse 105. <clears throat> All right, and then our psalm for the week is Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills, from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our catechism for the week is the Table of Duties to pa Bishops, Pastors, and Preachers. Uh, and in my case, fulfilling all three, Overseer, Pastor, Shepherd, and also Preacher. The, uh, the, excuse me, the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Titus 1, verse 9. All right, and that was 1 Timothy 3, 2 through 4 and 6. All right, so we're in Holy Week in John, and then we'll hear the Palm Sunday entrance into Jerusalem from Matthew. But first, John chapter 13. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. After supper being ended, um, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, 
Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered him and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. All right. And then our reading for catechesis is from Matthew 21, the triumphal entry. Now, when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Then Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise? Then he left them and went out of the city to Bethany and lodged there. Okay. So some detail, probably more than you'll hear uh, on Palm Sunday. And I think Palm Sunday, the uh, appointed text is only through verse nine. So uh, it's helpful to see, and that's what we can do here, a little bit more broad context um, and and also dive into a little bit more detail just in the the text itself. All right. Um, The pulpit is for preaching. And uh, that doesn't mean that you don't learn anything. There isn't anything taught there. 
But this kind of in-depth study isn't exactly proclamation for you for the forgiveness of sins, right? Um, we try to emphasize that as best we can. But really, we're looking here um, to see textual details, right? That's what catechesis does. So I make a distinction. Not a lot of, not everybody does, but I, but I think it's a helpful distinction between preaching and teaching. Preaching is proclamation for salvation, for forgiveness, life, and salvation. Um, teaching is more didactic uh, for detail, for information, for connections, for uh, topology and uh, type and shadow, I, should, I suppose. All right, anyway. So uh, what city did they come near? This is recorded uniquely in Matthew, I believe. We've got it highlighted there, Bethphage, Bethphage, which bait, house. Uh, phagos is the word for figs, right? You hear fig in that, phagos fig. So the house of, it's actually specific figs, the early figs, the first harvest of figs. Uh, if you, I don't know if you knew this, but fig trees have two harvests, right? That comes into play when he curses the fig trees, by the way. Uh, what other location was near there? All right, the city of Bethphage or the village, and then the Mount of Olives where he liked to pray, right? From there, he sent two disciples ahead to find the donkey and the colt and bring them to him, right? And if anyone asks, what are you doing with these guys? Just say to them, the Lord has need of them and immediately he will send them. All right, uh, interesting, right? Of course, this is to fulfill the word of the prophet here. You can see it in verse five, um, the prophet Zechariah, uh, but maybe again, context is important. So, um, Zechariah chapter 11 and 12 is what's being quoted here. So in Zechariah 11, we have the prophecy of the destruction or desolation of Israel, um, of, of all the false shepherds, the worthless shepherds, um, who leave the flocks behind. We even have the, the prophecy of the 30 pieces of silver, right? Uh, let's see, where's that? Then he has said to them, if it is agreeable to you, give me my wages, and if not, refrain. So they weighed out for my wages 30 pieces of silver. This is the false shepherd. And the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter. And the princely prince they set on, the price they set on me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord for the potter, or as you know, the potter's field. But then after the worthless shepherds come the deliverance of, of Judah, and that's where it says, I will pour out on the house of David, son of David, and on all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they have pierced. Crucifixion. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son, the only son of the father, and grieve for him as one grieves for his firstborn, the only begotten. Yeah. So Zechariah 11 and 12 are, you know, I've, I've mentioned this to you before, but it's worth reiterating that when a scripture is cited, I think the evangelist it wants you to consider, and also uh, the apostle would want you to consider the broader context. Of course, he's going to quote Zechariah frequently throughout his gospel here, right? So the death of Jesus, destruction of Jerusalem, and its redemption. What did the disciples do before Jesus sat on the animals, right? That's an interesting detail. They put their clothes on them, on the donkey and the colt for Jesus, and then the multitude spread their cloaks um, on, the, on the road before him and also cut down branches and spread them on the road. Notice it doesn't say that there are palm branches here. Um, there's some argument as to whether or not there's even palm trees in Jerusalem. Those come from closer to the coast, but we still call it Palm Sunday, of course. Um, all right, so the clothing on the road, what might that signify, do you think? All right, they're giving up their clothing 
perhaps they want to have clothing exchanged, their sinful garments replaced with the robes of Christ's righteousness, perhaps, right, in baptism, as we do in baptism. The branches are, of course, reminiscent of um, the feast, uh, the, the festival of booths or tabernacles or tents, whatever you want to call it, and that, descri- that is described actually by the prophet Zechariah um, in that same section. All right. And then um, they identify Christ as the dwell as our dwelling place and our refuge. Right. Okay. Uh, when do we sing those words? Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the Lord, name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's the Sanctus, the Lord's Supper, right next to the words of institution, um, actually coupled with the song of Isaiah from Isaiah chapter 6. Right. Holy, holy, holy. Uh, Hosanna means. If you remember, save now, save now. Um, and then Son of David is an important title, of course. This is connecting Jesus um, to David, not, not not simply as a like a recapitulation of Solomon, but actually the king that Solomon never was, right? Uh, whose kingdom will have no end, as he promised uh, to David. So despite Solomon having a time of peace and prosperity, ultimately the kingdom perished. David had been promised a son who would reign upon his throne forever, and that's confessed here by the people as Jesus. What does it mean that he comes in the name of the Lord? Remember this yesterday with the angel having God's name put on him here? Jesus comes with the full authority of the Godhead because he comes in the name. This is much like if like, if you had the signet ring of the king, then you would actually be representing the king. It's the same idea. Uh, what question was asked in this city? <laughs> Voss is us. Well, not Voss is Voestas, right? Who is this? Who is this? Right? And the multitudes answer, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. All right. Then he goes, and this is the context that you don't always hear um, Palm Sunday. Then he goes into the temple. We hear this on, I believe on uh, Holy Monday, right? Goes into the temple, drives out all those who bought and sold there, overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those um, who sold the doves right? Or the pigeons, as the case may be. Uh, buying and selling, buying and selling in the temple, right? Uh, I can't help but but hear the, uh, well, the Roman church at the time of the Reformation, right? With the sale of indulgences, I suppose, right? Um, but buying and selling in Matthew, Matthew 13, listen to this. Um, the treasure in the field, which a man found and hid for the joy for the for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field right so the redemption price to buy the field um think of matthew 19 jesus said to him if you want to be perfect go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me or uh, matthew 25 um, this is the wise and foolish virgins. The wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be not enough for us but and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. Which, of course, in the context of this, is ironic because, huh, well, they can they buy and sell what is needed, the forgiveness of sins? No. Uh, and then, of course, uh, as we heard prophetically spoken of in Zechariah 11, so then in Matthew 27, and they consulted together and bought with them, that's the 30 pieces of silver, the potter's field to buy strangers in. Therefore, it's called Akel Dama to this day, field of blood, right? Yeah. So it's redemption price and the price 
for which Christ must pay for the sins of the world. Um, what else did he do in the temple? We have him here healing the blind and the lame, right? Which is cool. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, turning over tables. We should have defined that. The only other place in Matthew's gospel he talks about tables is with the Canaanite woman, which we heard on Sunday. Yes, master, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table, right? And when we think of table, of course, we think a master's table. We're thinking of the altar from which Christ gives us his body and blood, right? And a dove, um, I prefer dove to pigeon because doves aren't to be bought and sold. Doves are given. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit in baptism, right? Given to those who, uh, and also came upon Jesus at his baptism, and also uh, is a reference to those who preach the gospel. For that, uh, Matthew 10, right? When we when we study these texts, I like to look within the gospel that we're reading. Uh, go to the, uh, is that right, Matthew 10? Yeah, there it is. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, right? It's talking about their preaching. Uh, then he quotes two texts here. My house shall be called a house of prayer, and you have made it a den of thieves. That would be from Isaiah um, chapter, where is that? 56, I think. Mm. Yeah, there it is. Even then I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer Ooh, for all nations. Ah, maybe you didn't hear that part, but that's important. And then Jeremiah 7. Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I, have seen it, says the Lord. Right, that's the, the harsh judgment from Jeremiah. These two pa passages are important. Um, why? Isaiah had spoken of the house being open to all nations. Right, And of course, they've restricted that. Jeremiah was warning about the destruction of the temple, just as Shiloh had been destroyed. So we have both a prophetic word here um, of going out into all nations with the gospel, but also the destruction of those who refused uh, to believe. Okay. Um, then we also have thieves. Right, You've made it a den of thieves. Thieves comes up in uh, Jesus, of course, crucified with two thieves next to him. Um, Jesus himself is called a thief. Um, do you think I have come, to, or at least he seems to echo that people have called him that. Have you come out as against a robber or a thief with swords and clubs to take me? Right. I was with you daily teaching in the temple. This is in the garden and his betrayal. All right. So then the blind and the lame are healed, as I mentioned. Um, and the response of the chief priests and scribes is to be indignant. <laughs> also to the children crying out. Right? And Jesus' response is from Psalm 8, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Um, babe in, in Matthew's gospel is used in Matthew 11 to refer to um, what the wise and prudent do not see, but you have been given to see. Maybe I should quote that as well, Matthew 11. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to the babes, the uh, nufios, nephios, nephios, right? And the nursing infants were brephos, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's also referred, the brephos come up in the destruction of Jerusalem again, Matthew 24, 19, woe to those who are pregnant and those who are 
nursing babies, the Lodzo, nursing the, yeah. Oh, it's actually just nursing babies. I'm sorry, it's not Brefos, it's um, the Lodzos. All right. And then uh, Jesus goes out to Bethany and lodges there. Chris has a question. Um, This is an interesting question. When did it become okay to sell baked goods and all? Always felt that the church, uh, always felt that the church was when you walk in the building. Yeah, so um, having baked goods out, or we also have like uh, script for the school to support the school. Um, Buying and selling for the purpose of supporting the ministry, um, and and really it's all free will because we're a nonprofit anyway, um, that is different than what's going on here. Here, I think it's really important to note what's going on, and we'll, we'll do this in the summary here in a moment, is that the buying and selling in the temple of the pigeons, the, of the doves, are, uh, it's, it's actually buying ex- and exchanging uh, a fake kind of forgiveness is what's going on. So that's why I said it reminds me more of um, the sale of indulgences to fund the building of the Vatican during the time of the Reformation, right? Where um, what they would offer is you, you would give a gift in exchange, you would have time off of purgatory, that is forgiveness of some of your sins given, right? If you buy or sell baked goods in the, in the narthex, it, has, it says nothing about your faith, actually. Um, you're welcome to support the ministry here, but forgiveness is a free gift, and there's no expectation, actually, of any return. Um, if you return anything in Thanksgiving for the gift of forgiveness you receive in the church, thanks be to God, that's, a, that's the working of the Holy Spirit working generous hearts, but, and it is necessary and needed. Um, I'm not going to make light of that, but forgiveness is going to be given to you regardless of whether um, you can contribute anything to the church. All right. So I think that's the key. And that's the reason why we don't buy and sell in the church itself, in the sanctuary, so that we don't confuse people that way. Um, I suppose there's still a problem or a confusion there, especially with the amount of fundraising that we do. I mean, in my ideal world, we would do none of those things. We would simply just share um, baked goods with those in need, right? <laughs> and uh, we would also just support the ministry um, to its fullest um, through the generosity of our people. Um, but, uh, well, that's not how, well, it's just not the uh, tradition, I suppose, that the church has now kind of adopted, is that we do all these fundraisers, right, where we exchange um, something and in, in exchange you give a gift. So I can see how that would be confusing and I don't know if it's the most helpful way to go about things. Um, this is why we, we try to do stewardship education, meaning uh, just to encourage people, um, according to the generosity worked in them by the Spirit, to simply just support the ministry to its fullest um, without um, needing to do these constant uh, asks, right? So you're welcome to support it, uh, support the work here too, but I give this video to you regardless as whether you can support us or not, right? And that's the, it's the same picture because Christ has forgiven me freely and fully, not because I deserved it or I had earned it or I had paid the price, but actually because I had done none of those things, um, he does it for me. So, yeah, it's helpful um, perhaps to not be constantly asking and be more constantly giving and then remind people um, of the gifts that the Spirit gives. All right. Oh, yes, meditation then on the text. Jesus entered Jerusalem to the praises of the crowds, just as Solomon had, but the chief priests and scribes responded like Adonijah, that's the priest at the time of Solomon. They had become the false shepherds that Zechariah had foretold, the ones who stole from the people the truth of the Lord's words. They had turned the temple from a place where the mercy of God was proclaimed 
to the place where men sought to buy and sell their own salvation. The faithful cried out and sought their salvation from the true son of David. This salvation would be purchased only by the shepherd who would be struck down for the sheep. The blood, his blood was the price that would redeem us. Through the preaching of the gospel, the father reveals this wondrous truth to his baptized children. In the divine service, we cry out to the father that he would save us through the body and blood of the one who comes in his name or in the name of the Lord upon the altar. Like the blind and lame, we come to the altar and his body and blood bring healing to our weary bodies and souls. All right, good. Let's sing our hymn for the week, When when in the Hour of Deepest Need. today. No, we do not. All right. We pray. O God, you see that of ourselves we have no strength. By your mighty power, defend us from all adversities that may happen to the body, and from all evil thoughts that may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O Lord Jesus, you are the bishop and overseer of our souls. You are the Lord of the harvest and have commanded us to pray for the gift of pastors to preach the gospel and shepherd your church. Raise up men for the office of the holy ministry who are above reproach, the husband of but one wife, who are temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, and able to teach your life-giving word. Deliver all pastors from the self-centered vices of the flesh. Grant them your grace to manage their families well and to bring up their children in the true faith with proper respect and devotion to the word of God. Give them courage to hold firmly to the trustworthy message of the gospel as it has been handed down to them and the wisdom to refute those who oppose it. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, musicians, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
We pray this day for the households of our church, especially Eric, Roger, and Sherry, Tara, Deborah, Dan, Don, and Jean. We pray in Thanksgiving at the birth of Amalia Renee and Frida Lynette. We pray for our catechumens, Christian, Wyatt, Aaliyah, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Marcella, Joe, Kelsey, Walt, Christopher, Joyce, Brad, and Betty, Doug, Joan, John, Cheryl, Pat, and Heidi. Pray for our homebound, Dan, Paul, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Camp Luisimo. Pray for those afflicted and those who are suffering, and especially those still grieving the death of Ed. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. It's been good to have you with us here today for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer Around God's Word. Again, we come to you each morning at 9 a.m. and we pray together. So tomorrow we'll continue uh, with Matthew's account, Jesus being anointed at Bethany. All right, we're going to skip at it. Actually, I had a few chapters, right? But with the anointing. All right. Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. I uh, hope the weather spares you and uh, you can be with us again in the morning. I might broadcast from home. We'll see how the weather goes, right? All right, and the school's in session. God be with you all. We'll see you soon. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.